The Production Expert Podcast is brought to you with the kind support of Altoria, Source Elements, and RSPE Audio Solutions. Welcome to the Production Expert Podcast. I'm Julian Rogers, and in this week's edition, I'm joined by Francois Kuroi and David Toomey from Avid. Welcome both. Hey, Julian. Thanks for having us. Hey. Hey, thank you for being on. Uh, excellent. Um, we should probably start with with the guest. So um, uh, going in turn, I'll um, perhaps start with you, Francois. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about um, uh, about your role at Avid and uh, maybe a little about your backstory, um, uh, how you come to be where you are today? <laughs> okay, great. Um, so currently I'm the Vice President of Audio Product Management of Avid. Um, and uh, what that means really is looking after all of our audio and music solutions. Uh, from a product development standpoint. So I look after Pro Tools, I look after Sibelius, all of our hardware, including sort of the new Carbon and Mbox Studio products that we recently released, um, as well as our big control surfaces that you'd find in uh, post-production studios in Hollywood or London, uh, and all of our live sound consoles. So this is kind of a dream job for me, uh, being an audio guy at heart. Um, I love all of these products. I live and breathe them, and I want our users to be as successful as possible. My backstory is uh, kind of fun. I'm a, I've always been a musician. I'm a classically trained pianist. I went to business school, and when I graduated from business school in France, I really couldn't find a job. And uh, by total accident, that stumbled onto a, an ad in Keyboards Magazine that was advertising a marketing position at this company called DigiDesign. And so in 1999, I was the marketing guy in Paris for DigiDesign. Uh, I stayed with Avid for nine years in that first stint, um, working in marketing in various roles in Paris, in London, and eventually in uh, San Francisco in California. Then I took a sort of a 10-year detour. Uh, I worked for a startup in the, uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area called Aspera. Some of this technology is actually used still by... Uh, uh, by Hollywood and, and our existing users to move very big files uh, over the internet. And uh, I got the amazing opportunity in 2018 to come back to Avid in the product management capacity. Uh, and again, a dream job for me. So I'm not going anywhere and I'm doing everything I can to make our products as exciting as they can be and um, our users as successful as they can be. Fantastic and great answer. Thank you very much. So, um, uh, Dave, I mean, same question. So, um, uh, uh, what what is your route to be to us having this conversation today? Sure. So, I lead the music and audio BU at Avid, and I've been at the company for just over a month now, uh, working closely with Q or Francois. I call him uh, Q, but uh, yeah, Francois. And you know, prior to that, I was working in the music business for a number of years at both Sony and Warner Music, working closely with artists, doing global marketing for them, and uh, mainly at Sony. And then moving on to Warner through, um, actually, I went to do, I left Sony to go actually work at a startup in ticketing that was eventually acquired by Warner. And I went up to Warner to kind of build out their whole sort of e commerce and digital marketing um sort of internal agency if you will that was leveraged by all the labels that, that were under the warner music group umbrella and you know e-commerce was mainly you know selling music and merch and, and doing ticketing and then subscription as well with fan clubs um and kind of manage those business globally 
and then left uh, Warner to go work in tech to uh, with a sort of an e-commerce platform com- company that was a fairly large startup at the time. And that got acquired by Adobe and basically went to work at Adobe to run their media and entertainment uh, business based on my my prior experience and did that for a while, learned a lot there. And then an opportunity came up at Avid, which I couldn't resist because it felt like such an apex of my sort of skills of being, you know, a a music lover and loving working with artists and creatives. Mm. That, That was always a passion of mine. And, you know, getting to kind of really sort of, you know, use my experience as, you know, technologist being in technology, uh, you know, an avid kind of sits right at those crossroads. So it just felt like the perfect opportunity to kind of go expand on uh, that experience and get to work with the wonderful people at avid around these amazing um, products and, and platforms that they have, which, you know, Francois has already shared. So, yeah, really psyched Fantastic. to be here at avid. Great. Um, so I'm um, being relatively new in post. I mean, uh, what can you tell us about what you're what you're bringing to Avid? I mean, Adobe. I can see lots of parallels and crossovers between uh, between those two things. Yeah. I mean, I would say. I mean, first and foremost, it's you know, it's again the deep appreciation for the you know the artist creative process and and the essential tools, pro, you know, Pro Tools as the example that are necessary to communicate their stories to fans and you know running media and entertainment at Adobe, I have a deep understanding of how to kind of manage and grow modern subscription businesses that start, you know, with enhancing obviously the product, but also, you know, providing a lot or or a lot more value or greater value and better outcomes for, Mm. for, for customers or users of those platforms. So as a concise answer, I would say, you know, that's kind of what I'm bringing to the table Um, coming to Avid that certainly won't, want to leverage and help expand what um, Avid is doing with, again, wonderful products that they have. Fantastic. We, we, we'll definitely circle back to that. Turning back to Francois for a minute, Avid clearly have a focus on new users. This is what I'm seeing with, I mean, particularly, uh, we should talk about um, the tiers and the way that the Pro Tools family in particular has kind of uh, changed and sort of uh, expanded uh, recently. And of course, um, certainly to, to me, unexpected moves in, in hardware. Has the Pro Tools user base changed over the years? I mean, it's it, I see the focus as being quite pro. Um, that's definitely borne out by sort of the products. But I'm sensing, I, I don't want to say a change in emphasis, but uh, but a focus shift perhaps uh and uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've probably said enough because i was asking you the question so <laughs> no it's, just, it's all good julian and i i think uh, i think they, they, there's a lot of misconceptions out there about who the pro tools user are you know is and um and who we're focusing on so i mean as far as i can see our professional you know stronghold people who use uh our tools every day 16 hours a day in mission critical environments that sort of pool of users hasn't changed all that much. Um, it's pretty steady. It grows steadily because there's a, there's more and more demand for high quality uh, content production. So there's need for more talent, and so we see this growth in in uh, sort of the high end of our business, high end mixing, um, high end post production, where um, you know our our users that have been around with us for. For the long haul, you know, since you know, since the inception of sound tools back 30 years mm-hmm. ago, uh, all the way to now, 
but a lot of new people coming in, new talent. Um, so they still a you know very very important of our business, which is um, also an area where we need to focus a lot because those uh, users are very demanding and rightfully so. They need the stuff mm. to work. They need the stuff to do what they need it to do. They need to um, be faster because they're. They have delivery deadlines now that are just insane in every uh, in every work that you can possibly imagine in audio. Um, so we have to make sure that we really cater to that uh, to that high end customer base. But if you look at it in terms of uh, um, you know percentage of users, it's it's actually a relatively small um, portion of our overall user base. We have. Uh, you know, I think these these numbers are actually public since we're a public company. Um, we have well over 250,000 ProTool subscribers right now. And obviously not all 250,000 are in professional audio. Uh, actually, the majority of them are enthusiasts, uh, new creators that are getting into the mm. world of audio production, of music creation, uh, and also like a big contingent, I'd say, of... Uh, what I call the serious music creators is people who actually spend time in their home studio making really high quality music. Some of them for themselves, some of them for their you know circle of friends, uh, and obviously some of them for actual for actually making a, making a living. Now, you know, as you said, the focus uh, the focus on this you know part of our user base is really important. We need to deliver on a number of things there, and particularly focus on bringing more creative tools into Pro Tools. Like Pro Tools is amazing at uh, at mixing, at editing, um, but some of the creation aspects of it um, obviously need, uh, need a little bolstering. And we're investing quite a bit on that so that we can deliver that to our user base. And then, you know, we see the 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 world has seen over COVID like a massive uptake for music making and music creation, which has been unbelievably satisfying for me as, as a lover of music and music production mm. in general. Uh, the world has really just got crazy about uh, buying interfaces, buying instruments. You know, you, you heard some of the words of the Fender CEO maybe a year or two ago about how many people took up the guitar during the, uh, yeah. during COVID it was insane. And, uh, and so we have to, follow suit in that regard and really offer tools uh, for folks who want to get involved in music creation and audio production uh, at a very affordable um, price point. And that's why earlier in the year, we introduced Pro Tools Artists. So that's $10 a month, $100 a year for an extremely capable version of Pro Tools. And then more recently, uh, we went back to having a free version of Pro Tools, which we call Pro Tools Intro. And that we designed specifically to be really a part of the Pro Tools ecosystem. Unlike Pro Tools First, it was sort of on the fringe back in the day. I had a different sort of file format and you had to use the cloud. This is a full-fledged version of Pro Tools. This is the same code base. Obviously, it has restrictions, but it's already fairly capable and allows uh, people who want to try it out to get pretty far in there uh, in putting their creation down on their hard drive. Excellent. Um, and that's quite a neat segue into into something that I did want to talk about sooner rather than later, which is the change in the tiers. I mean, 
full disclosure, I'm 100% on board with intro. I think it's just the best thing that's happened in ages and, uh, yeah, for all sorts of reasons that I've discussed on the podcast before. Um, uh, And we have artists that you just mentioned. Studio, the the main uh, music platform, certainly, which has become so capable now compared to the old kind of confusingly named Pro Tools, which... uh, um, with I don't know, Atmos and other things that certainly used to be um, used to be uh, ultimate only, and uh, then the top tier. Now um, I understand that uh, that there's going to be um, a, a tweak to to the top tier, and I'd, I'd, I'll just leave it at that. I'll leave it to uh, to you to explain. But what's going on with with Flex and Ultimate? Yeah, so you know, back in back in April, we introduced um, we introduced the new tiers, and and the, and the main driver for us introducing new tiers was number one, we wanted to give people an affordable way to get into Pro Tools because there wasn't one, and for many people, spending thirty bucks a month or three hundred dollars a year is a big investment, and um, so we we basically like cut ourselves out of millions of users that would have potentially have a desire to be part of our world. Uh, so we decided to get down that path, which I think, you know, so far has been very, very successful. And it's bringing more folks into our ecosystem and helping them sort of start their journey uh, in music production or or post-production. Um, then we did this, the studio thing. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of this, you know, a reality of our market today, this competitive pressure with other, you know, other DAWs that have the capabilities to go surround or Atmos. Uh, at a particular tier, and we wanted to be competitive, so we brought Atmos capabilities uh, to the to our middle tier. Mm-hmm. And one of the main reason we uh, we call it Pro Tools Studio, by the way, to avoid the confusion of just calling it Pro Tools, is because as a result of us just calling it Pro Tools, uh, it's the market took uh, basically named it for us, which was bad. <laughs> you know, they called it Pro Tools Standard or Pro Tools Vanilla. Um, and uh, that's not really how you want your product to be <laughs> to be monikered. Um, so we so we uh, we called it Pro Tools Studio. Yeah, if, if a word goes there, we want to choose it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and so we had the, this idea that um, we wanted to make the higher tier of Pro Tools like this this absolute powerhouse of functionality, and um, we wanted to bring a lot of new things to the table. We wanted to bring. Um, a lot of flexibility in terms of licensing for our bigger customers. You know, we have we have customers out there, like especially in post-production, who have, you know, 100, 200 Pro Tools systems, and the complexity of them managing all their licenses is very high. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's where the, the Flex name came from, which was, yes, we want to give those folks uh, as much flexibility with their licenses as possible. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll be super candid um on this we had we had ambitions for flex that we weren't able to deliver and I, and that also didn't really resonate with the user base because while we talked you know to enterprise customers and they were like yeah yeah this is cool like we can we will buy 100 seats and you'll give us a big volume discount and we'll be able to manage our licenses this is a great way for us to go then we, you know, we have this massive pool of our users who are freelancers, who own their own studios, and the feedback was was really uh, strong. It was like, why are you paying me? Why are you making me pay more money? Uh, mm. Why am I not getting any more for more money? And uh, that was that was a that was a very good moment for us. I mean, bad and good in a way where we uh, 
we were more introspective as a follow uh, as a follow on hmm. and then with david coming on board um it was also like a, a realization that we didn't do the right thing and that we really need to do the right thing and as a result um hopefully by the time this podcast airs we are basically putting protos flex on the shelf uh, we are going back to calling it ultimate and we are going to significantly reduce the annual price so from the price tag of 999 right now it's going to go down to 599 and this is really in recognition to the fact that there are many professionals out there that need an affordable way to do everything they need to do um for their you know for their daily job mm -hmm. and i think that's going to be uh, for us it's very satisfying that you know david dave and i have been able to um to make this happen in the organization and it's uh it hopefully it's a testament to the community that we are listening and um and doing the right thing and dave do, would you like to comment as well on this because uh Thank you for helping me making that happen. No, I mean, I think you said it perfect, Q, Q or I keep calling you Q, but Francois, um, it's, it's out of endearment, Q, as you know. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that is the important point that you made there at the end, Francois, where it's, it's, you know, really listening to the community, give us the feedback and, you know, and, and realizing we were misaligned with what the value was for what, you know, how we were basically pricing it. So, I'm glad we were able to pivot as quickly as we did and show that we are listening and we and we obviously want to be putting out offerings that are going to resonate with the community. So so that that was great. And I, I think the other thing, too, that you mentioned, which I think is really exciting as well, is that, you know, because of the you know, Pro Tools trial and now intro, you know, it's been super successful to get more and more people into the Pro Tools ecosystem and and also just to see that, you know, all these creatives, like a large portion of them have been super engaged with the platform and taking the time to answer, you know, surveys that we're putting out there, which, you know, we totally appreciate because it just helps us build better tailored experiences for them within the platform, which has been amazing. So a lot of good, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, another thing I'd like to mention, because obviously uh, folks listening to this podcast who, who may have purchased Pro Tools Flex since uh, late April and, and maybe have paid the $9.99 price tag, know that we're going to take care of every single customers that paid this elevated price. Mm -hmm. um, I think the plan currently is to extend their term uh, by another year. So you, you're not, you, you know, you're not going to be left left behind. Uh, when we do this price change, uh, we will be taking care of you and making sure that uh, you're happy with your investment in uh, in Pro Tools. Yeah, it's an important call out. Thanks. Achoria has a wide selection of software effects, including three compressors, three filters, three preamps, and three delays you'll actually use. The latest release, three delays you'll actually use, includes Delay Tape 201, Delay Memory Brigade, and the unique and experimental Delay Eternity. A bundle of selected effects called the AudioFuse Creative Suite is included with all AudioFuse audio interfaces. Visit Achoria.com to find out more on the effects you'll actually use.
that sounds like a, a, it's, it's a very interesting interesting change because it sounds to me extremely responsive and that's a thing that's really really important um so if i understand it correctly you uh, flex had lots of appeal to uh, one type of Let's put post clients effectively. I mean, there are other users, but principally aimed at post clients and larger facilities and institutions and maybe educational users. Um, certainly, my time in education, that kind of flexibility on licensing would have been very, very welcome. But in terms of how a large part of that industry works, it is one person operations. It's 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 remote. It's kind of you know uh, garden studios, and by that I don't mean. I don't mean shed studios, I mean proper studios, but at, at people's homes. And those benefits didn't speak to those users. This sounds like what you're saying. And you've, you, if you've recognised that and changed it, then that how, how could anybody see that as anything other than positive? Um, yeah, it sounds like a great move. Yeah, and uh, you know, one thing I'll add is some of the things that we wanted to do with Flex are, are really cool, by the way, and, and we're still going to pursue them, is we want to bring additional capability to Pro Tools um, at the very high end that um, that folks are still going to want. Um, one of them is sort of, you know, kind of a little bit of a preview of some of the places we're going is um, is we're building a scripting SDK for, for Pro Tools at the moment, something that third parties will be able to use to create solutions that effectively are able to control lots of commands in Pro Tools. Um, that's something that uh, enterprises were really interested in. Like, how do you how do they integrate and automate, you know, repeated re- repetitive tasks? Um, mm. And uh, they have their own like engineering departments, and this is totally the kind of thing that they wanted and, and needed. So that's coming. It's actually going to be widely available. Um, mm. You'll be able to sign up on on our developer website to have access to the tools. And then there's a lot of additional functionality that we're working on. Um, that will become, some of it may become optional, some of it will be part of Ultimate. Eventually, we might even bring Flex back so that, you know, if people want the full tool set of every, like, crazy add-on we create ourselves or with our partners, we'll have sort of a Mondo subscription for people to buy. Uh, But we wanted to make sure that the Mm. fundamental price point of the tool set that people need is affordable and that when new things come along, um, they won't necessarily appeal to everybody. So maybe this is more of an optionality thing that we do in the future. But that's giving you a peek on sort of where we're going. But the more immediate, uh, the more immediate result is that there will be Pro Tools Ultimate, Pro Tools Studio, Pro Tools Artist, and Pro Tools Intro. And we're trying to make it as simple and straightforward as possible. Excellent, excellent. The scripting sounds interesting for people who've got clever people on hand who can uh, deal with stuff like that. Sounds very interesting indeed. Taking that slightly further, talking about subscription. I mean, David, as as you kind of referred to in your um, when you were speaking earlier, your time at Adobe. Adobe famously uh, <laughs> kind of uh, started the move towards and uh, into a subscription model with their software a long time before anyone in the, in audio was doing it, as far as I'm aware. This must have brought some some interesting perspective, if you like, on something that's certainly a, a live issue in, in certain parts of the 
customer base for for, for Pro Tools. It's it's something about uh, about which we get a lot of comments, uh, certainly on on the blog. Got anything to uh, bring to that conversation about subscriptions is a positive thing? Yeah, for sure, Julian. I mean, I think you're right. Adobe is kind of it seems these days the poster child of subscription um, transition as far as how they've evolved their business. Um, and, you know, I learned a great deal at Adobe when it comes to subscription offers. I mean, for one, it's extremely important that you sort of change the narrative, which they've done a great job of, of focusing mainly on what new feature or functionality is coming within a product uh, or introduced onto a particular platform to, you know, switching it to more about, you know, what better outcomes does that power for creators um, as they continue to perfect their craft. Um, so that's really important. It's it seems subtle, but it's to really kind of make it about, you know, what is the value that, you know, people that are within the ecosystem are gaining day in and day out as you, you continue to improve upon the product. Um, you know, it's also really important as a subscription business that you stay focused on the full life cycle of what it is to be a customer at Avid um, from, you know, being introduced maybe through intro of Pro, Pro Tools intro to, um, you know, adopting uh, or basically learning, uh, you know, within Pro Tools as a platform and understanding how to like cater to those expanding needs as you kind of move up your maturity uh, mm. within the platform. So, you know, providing new features and functionalities at the right time and place along that creative journey is really important. And, you know, I also learned at Adobe that, you know, it's always about being in service to the creative community and constantly providing value back to those spending, as, as you know, Francois pointed out, a great deal of time and, and money within the, pro, in, within the Pro Tools ecosystem. So um, those are definitely things that kind of brought with me from Adobe coming to Avid that, you know, looking to um, do more of why at Avid. I, you know, I'd like to add a few things on subscription because I, I think, um, first of all, I want to, I want to also very clearly state that we're not leaving our perpetual customers in the dust. And I think they've noticed that, by the way, in the programs that we've been running. So, you know, the ability to continue being on uh, a plan that allows you to stay current if you have a, a perpetual license uh, continues, but that's not going away. Um, if you're a perpetual owner and you want to you want to keep getting your support and you want to keep getting the um, the regular updates and compatibility updates, et cetera, the new features, um, you you can you will be able to do that indefinitely. The um, the other thing that we brought back to the table is this idea of an upgrade. So we have literally hundreds of thousands of users that have purchased uh, perpetual licenses of Pro Tools over the years. And pretty much any one of them, I think it's Pro Tools 9 and above, can get back on track. Uh, by using one of those uh, upgrade plans that we're selling right now. And they are very affordable. Like I remember the time where these uh, these reinstatements, as they were called, uh, were cost prohibitive. Like they were really, really expensive. Now they're mm. really just a, a little bit more than your regular support and maintenance, obviously, um, just to get you back on track. So we're going to continue to offer those. So if people want to get back on track, you know, folks have been using an old Mac for a long time, and now they're on Apple Silicon, um, and we've got that coming soon. So um, mm. that's a good, that, that would be a good reason for someone to buy one of those upgrades and, and get back on plan. And now as far as the subscription business, this allows us, and I think where people are starting to see it this year, 
um, because we've been able as a as a result of having been a subscription business for a few years now and rebuilding our teams um, and getting more velocity on the delivery of features I think our users are starting to see that there is a cadence of delivery of uh, of features that is much uh, much more frequent than before. Uh, we also react really quickly to um, problems. You know, there are always bugs, and you know, we we cater to hundreds of thousands of users that go from uh, the the very beginner in their bedroom all the way to a soundstage in uh, in Hollywood. Uh, they're all using different computers, different configurations, Windows, Mac. Uh, we have to make sure it works for everybody. So when, you know, there's a lot of issues out there and when people say, oh, Pro Tools is buggy, it's like, well, actually, um, it's very robust depending on the platform you're using. Uh, but we're also like being very reactive to, um, to issues that arise. But that's also not enough. Like we need to deliver new features, new fixes. But one thing that we're really... Um, kind of gearing up for as well is delivering additional value to our subscribers via uh, the delivery of new plugins you know the inner circle program i think uh, you know folks folks at first were a little skeptical and were like oh it's another one of these loyalty thing we're getting free plugins that are not very valuable and hopefully they can now see that everything we put in inner circle is really has a lot of intrinsic value the last one we did with, um, we're doing right now. So every Pro Tools user that's on the plan uh, can go pick a plugin from Plugin Alliance. Huge value there. Um, so that's, you know, additional plugins, instruments, et cetera. And then we also started a, a content practice in the group, and we're going to start delivering more content, uh, audio content, loops, uh, potentially new, you know, new drum kits for our Groove Cell plugin. Uh, presets, whether they're plugin presets for SynCell or for some of our other plugins, or even track presets with vocal chains, etc. So we're, you know, really gearing up to trying to deliver like new stuff to our subscribers on a monthly basis. And uh, I think we're on really on track to deliver that. And that's one of the benefits of subscription. Like we couldn't be doing that if we were just doing a, you know, a Mondo upgrade every eighteen months. But as a subscription business, we can do this constant delivery of value, which uh, hopefully as we go and continue to accelerate, will really resonate with our users. The Production Expert Podcast is made possible using Source Connect Now from Source Elements, the free way to record high-quality audio over the internet. Need to record an interview or a podcast like this one remotely? With Source Connect Now, you can. Using a Chrome browser, you'll get ISDN equivalent quality audio without the need to install any additional software. Register for your free account at now.source-elements.com. Very much so. Is it Inner Circle something that we've highlighted on the uh, on the blog since uh, since it started? And hopefully, everybody has seen that plugin alliance. We, we've run two pieces of content about that, and it really is such a great offer. Some people seem to think that they're time limited, but it's a cumulative offer. So, I mean, we've had some comments on our socials of people saying, "Oh, that was last month," and no, no, it's 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 there and it's there until you use it. So, uh, it's a exactly. it's a, an offer that increases in value. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Um, we. 
should probably talk hardware because there's been some been some uh, new products released on that. One of which actually I have right in front of me now. I, I have since uh, a couple of days ago uh, an Mbox Studio, um, which uh, I'm I'm making friends with actually. I'm uh, <laughs> a very like positive that. experience so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It looks cool. It looks cool in the dark, which is what it is at the moment because it's an evening in the UK right now. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a very very attractive thing, and I'm kind of finding my way around it. An awful lot to it. This is this is a lot more than the old Mbox. Uh, that's what I'll say. But uh, we, of course, we've also had a new unit in the uh, in the carbon line. Carbon, something that I'm certainly familiar with, and uh, I think it's a really, really well targeted product. But the Pre, which brings that other stuff, and uh, there's other things to talk about. So, I mean, in terms of new hardware, it was a surprise to us to see a, a new Mbox. It was certainly something that uh, um, got us chattering behind the scenes when we heard it was going to drop. In many respects. Avid and you know under the under the DigiDesign brand back in 2000, you know early 2000s, we created this market. We created the home studio market. We started with the uh, we had the Audio Media Three PCI card. Uh, mm-hmm. I had one of those actually back in the day. Really nice. Uh, then we introduced the Digi 001. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> we started with the Mbox, um, which was huge. That was a huge one. USB, low cost, Focusrite preamps. It was a wonderful uh, collaboration with Focusrite. Um, and at the time, it was it was really impressive to have this portability and this level of quality. Uh, you know, if you if you compare it to what we can do today, it's ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> but back yeah. in the day, it was really a big thing. And then we continued to grow that range with, uh, you know, the 002, the 003, multiple generations of Mboxes. And there's, I mean, I think there's literally tens or maybe hundreds of thousands of these devices out um, out there. And uh, at some point, and I wasn't there for that actually. That's when I was uh, that wasn't when I was away from Avid. Um, there were decisions to kind of stop this um, this sort of low end business, and that kind of that created, and in many respects, it's a good thing. It created an opportunity for dozens of companies to create a multitude of really high quality devices and completely democratize um, mm. the ability to have high quality audio gear at home. So, you, you know, talk about what, uh, you know, obviously UA at a higher level, um, but, you know, or focus right, obviously. Uh, audience, you know, this, this is like the list goes on and on and on of these companies that make amazing devices at, mm-hmm. uh, at amazing prices. And part of the reason we did Mbox is not necessarily to compete with all these companies uh, because we have great relationships with them, uh, great relationship with Focusrite. We are now bundling three months of Pro Tools artists with, with every uh, Scarlet and Claire interface they have, which is really cool. But we wanted to have an opportunity to sell a, like a Pro Tools system to people who are really um, kind of doubling down on the Avid workflow and want to be a part of the Pro Tools world. And we we didn't have anything to offer them, you know, until Inbox Studio, anything under $4,000, which we obviously know is, is a sort of a semi-pro to professional price tag. Uh, so we're very happy to bring Mbox Studio to market, and yes, it is more than the Mbox from you know in terms of price point and capability. Um, you know, I think we get too excited when we design products. We want to put more stuff in it, so we wanted a lot of I/O. We uh, we wanted the you know the visual control. We wanted the reamping features. We wanted the Bluetooth capability, which is also kind of cool. Um, 
So, uh, so that's, that's why we got there. And um, we actually were pretty transparent with some of our key hardware partners. Hey, this is coming. This is not necessarily to compete with you guys. Uh, it's more about for a certain category of users that would want to be part of our world. Mm. Um, I think we did well with this. I'm really, really pleased um, to hear the market reactions. I mean, I think it starts, it starts shipping a, about the time this podcast airs. So we launched it last month at AES um, and dealers are taking delivery and we had some final tweaks to the software to make, but they're going to be able to ship to customers um, uh, pretty much now. Uh, So I'm really excited to hear from actual customers with those things in their hand, but it seems like the overall reception has been very positive. So I'm super pleased with that. Mm. Um, And then carbon pre, um, for me, it was one of the big, when we launched Carbon, Carbon was like a weird thing because we we made an amazing product. I really believe this in my heart of hearts. Uh, I have one on my desk. I think this is one of the best sounding interfaces on the market. Um, really testament to our hardware engineers, um, folks who've developed the preamps on our life sound console, which is touted a, you know, big life sound engineer said it's the best sounding console out there. So we have this, this amazing, um, sound quality in this box it obviously is on a little pricier side the dsp workflow is stellar completely integrated into pro tools i just love how this thing works but we launched it in the middle of the pandemic where no one could get their hands on it they couldn't go (laughs) to the guitar center and go listen to it yeah so it was a bit of a challenge and uh and we um we you know we it got successful and and we're very happy with how it's doing one of the big objections from users is like, hey, can I expand this? And uh, and we kind of were looking at, well, can we gang up these uh, units? And this creates a massive amount of complexity with having DSPs on two different uh, on two different interfaces. And we figured like, is that really is that really needed? Like, is the mm-hmm. cost of the DSP in the box really needed when folks really want more I/O to record a full band? Because at the end of the day, with the hybrid engine all your DSP is in one place and you can leverage it however you want. And when you're done tracking, you don't need it anymore. Um, so that's why we went the route of doing basically a, an interface that's exactly the same as a carbon without the DSP. Without so, the bits you don't need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, not only is it, uh, you know, you can now configure a carbon system to be, you know, 8 IO, 16 IO or 24 IO for that matter. Um it's not just about the preamps, it's about the outputs because every one of these units has outputs. So for me in my studio, I'm using it as this amazing way to uh, patch a lot of outboard gear into my uh, into my carbon system. Mm. Um, so I'm very happy with it. Also the, the engineering team did an amazing job because you just buy one of those things. If you already have a carbon, you buy one of those carbon pre's, uh, you plug it in the wall and you have an ethernet cable from the carbon pre to the carbon and it just works. It's really, really cool. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, as you can absolutely. tell, I'm a big fan of carbon. I, I'm a big fan of carbon. And yeah, no, it's um, it very much uh, an answer to that question that lots of people asked about uh, about the uh, ex- expansion options. So yeah, brilliant. Um, uh, we're, time's getting ahead of us. Um, very quickly, before we before we move on and, and close the show, what if, what if anything can you share about Avid's plans for the future? Is there anything that you can, you can share with us today? I mean... Obviously. <laughs> Go on. I'm going to tread carefully because my boss is in the room. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Francois. Um, I'll, I'll add, I'll add, I guess, as you go. 
Yeah, 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 totally. So I think, you know, the, um, if you think about some of the things I've mentioned before, we have a lot of investment going in, in really completely re-energizing our overall software development capacity. Um, we had, you know, we had, uh, um, you know, some over the years at Avid, there has been, there had been some attrition. I mean, I'm talking like a decade ago, there had been some attrition on our, on our development teams. And we've invested over the past couple of years, quite massively in rebuilding that capacity. And now we have a lot of teams working on Pro Tools and they all have their dedicated areas of expertise because uh, we have to cater to all of these different areas. And if I would if I would kind of single out a few sort of important things, one of them is music creation. I've mentioned it earlier. Uh, we are we are putting a lot of development muscle and design muscle behind upping the ante when it comes to music creation capabilities in Pro Tools, whether it's MIDI or audio related, introducing new types of nonlinear workflows in Pro Tools. All of that stuff uh, is in the works. Um, there's there's going to be some really cool things happening and probably, you know, the start, it's going to start early next year. Um, and, um, and also like mid next year, we'll have something really cool coming out on the, on the software side. We are also intriguing. <laughs> um, spending a lot of time kind of changing course in terms of the openness of, uh, of pro, the Pro Tools ecosystem. I think for, for way too long, um, the, our ecosystem has been sort of protected and, uh, openness is really important to us. It's really important to Dave. It's really important to me and the team. And that's why we have these sort of SDK initiatives in place. Like the scripting is the first step. There's a lot more coming and, uh, we're trying to build more bridges and allowing all of these cool companies out there that are making these specialized workflow apps or plugins, um, to really hook into the into Pro Tools in a much deeper and much seamless way. So we're doing that. Um, and there's also like a lot of development effort uh, behind it. Um, what else can I tell you? Dave, anything uh, Anything you want to add? No, I think, I mean, you're hitting on it. I think one thing that we're going to be very focused on, and we talk about this a lot, Francois, for next year is, is coming back uh, with, a much more, I think, sophisticated and easy to use uh, marketplace within Pro Tools where we can, you know, really encourage third parties to bring, as you said, much more content to users and in a way that like obviously makes sense for creatives within within that ecosystem, but also makes a lot of sense for the third parties where, you know, much more simple onboarding, much more simple um, uh, you know, making sure everybody's getting the money that they should and but also like, you know, bringing up the merchandising uh, a bit so that there's, you know, it's it's easier and intuitive for not only the creatives that are on the platform, but also it's 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 basically supportive of, of our the third party brands. Uh, so they feel that like, you know, they're being represented the right way within the platform. So I think that's one initiative that I hope that we'll get to uh, roll out um, maybe later part of next year, which I think will be exciting. 
Fantastic. Uh, well, that sounds very intriguing. Thank you very much both. It's it's time to, to move on to uh, Find of the Week. RSPE Audio Solutions. Design, sell, and install professional audio and video equipment. Their team are available by phone, live chat, or email to receive and process orders. They have everything you need to build or upgrade your home studio to ensure you can continue to work from home. If there is anything they can do to help, reach out or shop online at rspeaudio.com. So, uh, Dave, what's your fight of the week? Well, I got to say, Julian, I fell in love with this Hulu original doc, 321, which is Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney. Uh, really, Rick walking through all those amazing Beatles songs with, with Paul and deconstructing them and learning the stories behind them, which is just fascinating. Um, you know, after I kind of watched it, I immediately had to go and get the anniversary reissue of Sgt. Pepper's album to, mm. to listen to again, just because you kind of fall in love all over again with those amazing, you know, amazing compositions, just the, the, the lyrics, the songwriting, it's just amazing, the melodies. So yeah, that's that's been, somebody turned me on to that and I totally, totally enjoyed that. Fantastic. Um, uh, Francois, what's your, what's your, uh, fun of the week? Um, so I'm very, I'm very lucky, um, that, uh, a lot of people give me plugins all the time. <laughs> and so my plugin collection is pretty intense. Um, I'm a very, I love, I love instruments. I love, I love wonderful effects. Uh, I'm a keyboard player, but I also dabble in the guitar and, and, um, and that's where my find of the week is. Um, just got the new reverb plugin from Strymon, who, you know, are a manufacturer ah. of amazing pedals and that big sky reverb they just, uh, came out with is absolutely gorgeous. So that's my find of the week. Excellent. Okay. Fantastic. Mine uh, is a pair of monitors. Mine's the Ico Multimedia iLoud Precision 5s, which I must be the only person who hasn't heard an, a, a pair of the little old style uh, iLouds, but everyone I've spoken to says they're unreasonably good for what they are. They're better than they than they should be. Um, these uh, really exceeded my expectations, but they are proper monitors, actually. And the, the thing that really impressed me was when I first picked them up, just how solid the cabinets are, like real proper build quality. They're significantly more than the uh, than the old iLouds, but they've got uh, DSP on board for sort of some uh, um, speaker calibration via the IK's ARC thing and even come with a measurement mic. So, yeah, I've, I've been thoroughly enjoying those. Anyway, that's uh, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks to my guests, Francois and David. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Production Expert Podcast.